Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by Mike. Oh. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host as always, Mark Davison. Mark, how you doing? And you got to be sweating. I'm sweating. Bloody warm. Uh, it is so hot down here. It is unbelievable. As we bring up Double HH to start the show, Double HH says, better just warm in the Southern Hemisphere today. It is 9 a.m. and it feels like it is already 32 degrees, which is probably like your 90 or something like that. It is very, very warm. Uh, I was going to wear my jersey, my Shazier jersey, but it's just too hot. So I've got my, my Iron City on, which is another one of favorite of mine. Um, yeah, the weather's heating up, uh, down here for sure. Mm. You know, it's Crazy. 88, it's 88 where I am right now, Mark. And I think it's going to get up to like, oh no, 86, sorry. And it's going to up to about 92 this afternoon. So like, it's, it's like, it's incredible. Well, like, oh, that's obviously, you know, Fahrenheit. So for Celsius, I think it's getting up to 32, 33 C for, for me down this afternoon. So podcast over family barbecue beach that's 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 what it's looking well, like that's, for that's me. the thing the thing right now is like yeah it's warm but it's like 9 a.m it's not even the middle of the day yet so and like it's for me living on we're both we're both on the coast really we yeah. normally get the sea, sea change in the afternoon and it doesn't look like that might happen just yet because it's just it's it's so hot um but this is what we got to deal with guys like I, I said in the live chat i was in in there yesterday i wanted i wanted to find out what the weather was around the usa and stuff like that and I heard a lot of uh, snow comments and things. I just wanted to, you know, slam my head into the, a pile of snow. Uh, I love, I love that kind of stuff—the fresh air and stuff over there. So it's, it's awesome. 
Yeah, totally. And it brings you back to all those memories of when you and I have both been over there and like the difference in the temperature and that crisp air and, and what have you. But even for me, like I've spent summertime over in the US before as well, you know, particularly I went through Texas in the summertime and, you know, that was pretty awesome. So like, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually felt a lot like that summer the last couple of days. Um, it's good to see some people in the, in the live chat there. Big scope, big bro scope. He's circa it's about 23 Fahrenheit where he is. That's cold. That's cold. That's and really Mark, cold. Yeah, crazy. Mark, so, you're yeah. wearing a you're wearing an Iron City beer shirt today. I think is that am I right? Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind the Iron City. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. Look, here's the big thing about Fosters. We don't have Fosters nope. in Australia. Like it hasn't been there for years or yonks, right? Um, the only time I have I have seen a Fosters beer was in Pittsburgh in Mount Washington. There was like another bar like on the on the uh, little community or town up there. My mate Ryan took me for a drive. We went into one of the, the bottle shops. I walked past one of those, I don't know what you call them, a tall, a tall boy. Um, and it was a Foster's can. I was like, what is that doing here? Like, that's the only time I've ever, ever seen a Foster's. We don't drink, we don't drink Foster's. Uh, I've actually, I've never seen one in Australia, ever. Do you know what, though? I heard the other day that the Foster's International, like the coding company of Foster's, are really keen on actually bringing Fosters back to Australia. I don't know how that's going to go. We've got so many different types of beers, but apparently they want to bring it back, believe it or not. Fair so, enough. We've got a few regulars in the live chat. Good to see Gyro, Steeler Chick, Felicia, Rhino, Tool, Ty, Just Me. Uh, I think we said Steeler Chick, Snowman, Double HH. So definitely some, definitely some of the regulars in. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to Steelers Touching Under. I think, Mark, this is our third live show now. So yeah. YouTube. So it's Definitely, awesome to be yeah. with you guys. Um, but look, let's crack into today's show. As you see by the title, two weeks left, too many Steeler questions. So we know there's two weeks left in the in the season. We've got AFC and NFC Championship weeks this week. Then we've got obviously a week off. Then there's the Super Bowl. But two weeks in the in the proper season left there. Obviously Pro Bowl's not happening. It's going to be a live Madden event. That'll be a flop. We don't need to go into that just yet. Um, <laughs> But no matter all of that, there's also heaps of Steelers questions. So, look, that's really what we're going to focus in today's show, talk a little bit about all of those. Obviously, there's big news coming out this week as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm really keen to crack into it, Mark. But before I kick into it, Mark, reaction to Vance McDonald, the Vanimal. That's the, that's, the, that's, the more, that's the latest breaking news over Dwayne Haskins. When you saw that, when they saw that come out, were you surprised? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. He's a big piece to the to the Steeler offense. Um, he's only been in the league eight years. He was with the Steelers, I think, for about three or four. Uh, we didn't use him at all last year, and there's probably a certain reason for that. We didn't how we didn't use McDonald. Um, I thought he was a good player coming in. He, he you know, he, he he was a good blocker. Um, he didn't hear, hear much, you know, nothing wrong with the bloke really. Uh, we all know that big play against the Bucks. Uh, with the stiff arm hurt around the world or the don't argue hurt around the world. Um, this is just another point. Well, you know, if, if he wants to go and he's got other stuff to do, then, yeah, well, then it's time for him to go. Uh, it's not like a big, big issue. I think, like, the whole team is not based around one player. Uh, if, if it ever is, then you've got a really big problem. So we can, you know, find people through the draft. I don't remember who the blokes were, but there were two guys they actually put on the practice squad, um, two tight ends. So, you know... It's always good to see uh, young blokes come up and start playing the position as well and, and start learning learning new names. 
So yeah. it's yeah, but he was a definitely like a uh, like I wouldn't say he was a Hall of Fame kind of player or career stealer, but he had he had a steel heart and he, he played really well in in certain spots and just for some reason like maybe you can expand on this like I don't know why we didn't use him last year. Yeah, totally, Mark. I mean, I think you hit on the head there. He's not, he's not going to be a Hall of Fame player. He's not going to make, you know, um, some of those top-time steal lists. But at the same time, as you said, he showed that still his heart. And I think there'll be, you know, there'll be a really strong fan affinity for Vance. Um, and, and it's awesome. And look, in reality, you know, he's he came into the league as a lot more of a pass-catching, vertical threat-style tight end. You know, we've seen him over the last couple of years more do blocking, and particularly this year when he was in you know, and he was also injured for a bit and, and out as well with illness. I think he did make that COVID list off the top of my head. But we saw him moving to that blocking piece. Obviously, had a re- you know, Ben felt really comfortable throwing to him. You know, he finishes his career with 181 receptions, just over 2,000 yards, you know, 15 touchdowns, you know. So, you know, that's not that's not Hall of Fame stuff. But as you said, he embodies that spirit um, of what it is to, to be a stealer and to play hard and to do what's asked of you when it's needed. As you guys said too, it's um, as you said there around, there's a couple of tight ends there in Gentry and Kevin Rader that are on the Steelers, you know, so those practice squads, fringe um, sort of players. But this is actually a very interesting draft and I don't want to go into it too much today. It's one we can talk about a little bit later on as we get close to the draft. But there's a lot of prospects this year in the tight end. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of value, you know, sort of fourth, fifth and sixth round there and we'll crack into those guys. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see. And obviously we've got to wait to see who declares as well because there's some prospects that I've seen there. But if they don't declare, well, there's no point us harping on about them getting into the draft. So we'll wait a little bit closer because otherwise it's just, complete speculation at this point in time. But I think for the Steelers, getting younger at that position is really important. And um, due to just a bit of a scheduling issue, we weren't able to get it out on, on Wednesday, Thursday. But if anyone goes and listens to my to a new show that I'm doing each week now that will go on a Wednesday, which is called Cat Room, um, I, I did talk about um, – <laughs> Mark's got the cap there. So if, funnily enough, I, I talked about it, and I actually pre-recorded that before um, the Scobros went on. But we – both shows covered the expense that's going into the Steelers tight end, you know, for 2021, that tight end room. In fact, the Steelers were going to be the highest team in the league for tight end spend at over 18 million. So Vance's cap saving there, taking out 5.2 million, allows us to get younger at the position, allows us to bring in, you know, tight ends are cheap, particularly a blocking tight end that the Steelers want. It's a lot cheaper. So um, we can get something out two or three million. Like, hey, there's suddenly two million we can put somewhere else. Which in this off season, with a you know we're reducing cap number and what we've had this season, whatever that will be. Vance has done the Steelers a bit of a solid. Let's just put it that way. He's yeah, he's done us like, a favor. Like a mutual agreement, you know. Like I think Vance has had his time up, and um, eight years is still like I look. I looked at him and thought, you know, eight years is still a pretty good career. Like let alone you know the NFL. Excuse me, the NFL guys. Um, have you know sometimes minimum three years for their and that's what they get you know they say it's a it's it's you and you're out kind of thing so fans today but um there's there's one funny thing though I looked up uh the guy who he, who he palmed or don't argue uh yeah Chris, Conte Chris, was it Conte it, Chris Conte yeah if, if uh. you google if you google Chris Conte Vance McDonald comes up <laughs> oh, like 100%. If you Google Chris Conte, the, there's like four articles on how Vance McDonald did that stiff arm for 75 yards. So that's that's going to, you know, and he even did an interview the other day, and that, that's going to be part of his legacy. Uh, and like Steelers will, will 
forever remember him as that. Like, that was an un unbelievable play. And at the time, too, I think we lost two games. Uh, it was 2017, and we were versing the Bucks, and they had one, two. We were one on one, and we needed a bit of spark for that, that um, you know, offense to get going. And they definitely provided that spark. And, like, there's nothing better than seeing, like, that kind of play. You know, Mark, I was in a meeting, or I was in a meeting that game, and I, I was just sort of wrapping up, and I looked over at my phone, and I had a notification from everything. It was like Steelers, NFL.com, ESPN, <laughs> Kaya, which is like the broadcasting cable network <clears throat> service here. Like, every, like, it was like 12 different notifications of people, like Steelers player, like, you know, monsters or destroys or like, you know, puts this guy into the dirt. It was absolutely hilarious. Wow. It was, it was, it's great. But I wanted to bring up before we lose in the live chat there from Double HH, <laughs> our assignment this offseason is to send a talented young player with great speed and hands to the Steelers rookie mm -hmm. camp as an inter international development player. Uh, well, we funny you say that. Mark and I, the team that we support, which we've talked about a little bit, the Manly Seagulls, they have a player um, whose last name is Schuster. And he's an up and coming. He's a really oh, good yeah. player, and he's, he's sort player. of like a um, quite a a bit bigger than Kyle Murray in terms of height. But he's that sort of style player in terms of he he plays the ball. I don't know how good he'd be throwing it forward, but he's very much a playmaker with the ball. But he can run all over the field. He's very very strong pound for pound. So um, let's hope the Steelers can keep <laughs> Juju Smith Schuster, and then we don't have to send the Schuster from the from the Manly Ringer Seagulls over. He's he's a fullback, isn't he? The Schuster. Yeah. Yeah, he plays for a fullback 5'8", and he can play in the in the lock position, which is a bit like a tight end or running back style position. With that rugby league, there's quite a few guys like the who could be receivers, like on the wing. Like those kind of players could definitely be um, could be trained up to be receivers. It's a yeah. hard transition. It's a very very hard transition, though. I think like with the American football, what I've seen, and I've never played it, but I've been to some training things like for flag football and stuff. You've really got to like you've really got to go from when you're like a little tucker. Till till you you go into high school, college, and then the NFL. The big the big thing I think like we have a few Australian players over there with the punters, and we have um, Jordan Mailata who's with the, with the Eagles, and those guys yep. have been outstanding. Or have done certain done certain things, but it's a huge transition just to learn all the playbook, and it's it's such a different game. Like you're only like with the NFL, you, you, everyone knows it here. You you, you only play thirty seven minutes like of real time, so. It's a very different game. I think some players from the NRL will just go over uh, for money or for the fame. And, like, there was a few players, I think, who have done that in our game. Yeah. Uh, E.g. Jared, Jared Hayne, I believe he did that with the San Fran uh, one year. And, and you know, there was so much hype about him. But it's – look, I, I think if you really want to put your mind into it, you can do it. But it's some people just do it for the year break and then they know they have a contract coming back to the NRL which yeah. I don't really think is a very good thing for both leagues, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I think they've got to go – you're hitting that on the head there, Mark. You've got to go over a lot earlier, particularly in a lot of the positions when we're – like the offensive line. You've got to be over there when you're 20, you know. And he went pretty early, my ladder. I think he went over when yeah. he was about 20, you know, and then by the time the draft processes and then being drafted, more like 21, 22. So – but, yeah, you've got to get over there a lot earlier. And that's what I'm interested to see as well when – because – the way the, the contracts are different because we don't have college here with the NRL, um, well, really with most sports, it doesn't really work on the college system the same way. So you can sign a pro contract at 16, 17, and then you play in their development teams, and then you, you automatically then for your first two, what will be your professional years, probably when you're 19, 20, or might even be 20 to 22, you're then contracted to that team. So 
Um, what you might start finding is that when there's these gun players that start signing these professional contracts, then there's college football programs that look at signing them. But, I mean, there's a, a very hot, hot sort of um, in terms of his performances at the moment, young rugby union, rugby league player, and he's 17 right now. And um, his name escapes from me at the moment, but the rugby union and rugby league in Australia are fighting over him. And literally at 17, 18, well, he's looking at, you know, an over a million dollar contract Aussie. So over 800 grand, you know, US just to play developmental football. I mean, it's it's nuts. So the idea of them going over and playing college ball is is an interesting one because obviously you don't get paid in the college arena. You know what, man? Just to end on this, um, it's it's a good, actually, good topic though with the NRL and crossover and, and rugby to the NFL. I think a good spot for some of these young blokes would be because they're so athletic. Would be would be the tight end actually. The tight yeah. end would be would be it's it's not full. You know, you can do a bit of blocking, you can do a bit of scheme, you can do a bit of stuff like that, and you do a lot of, uh, a bit of catching as well. There's not so much pressure to be that number one uh, receiver. If you had a good, uh, you know, a third depth or second depth. Who was um, someone like Schuster, but maybe maybe a bit bigger? Someone like Ebron as well, like like from the NRL. You could make it. You could make a transition like that, and oh, it wouldn't be. Without, it would be. You go. No, no. I was gonna say without a doubt there though, like tight end. You've hit it. Like literally, hit. I think maybe we talked about this before, and we were both in agreement. But like tight end is one of those positions. I mean, guys. I mean, if anyone really, you know, don't do it right now because we want you to stay on Steelers touchdown. <laughs> but you can look up a guy called Tommy Turbo or Tom Trebojevic, and he's the best player on the team. Mark and I go go for, and he's the be- one of the best players in the league at it. He's six foot four, almost six foot five, and he's about I'm going to say two hundred and ten pound ish off the top of my head. Very very quick. I mean, he could easily play wide receiver. He can catch. He can catch anything. So. Um, you look at some highlights from him. He's someone that could crack it um, big time. But anyway, let's move back on to Steelers 4. Yeah, it um, almost turned into a Manly Seagull podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it. Um, so, but look, yeah, let's move on. So Dwayne Haskins is the other big the other big news. Mark, <laughs> everyone's going to have a different opinion on this. Mate, you go, then I'll go. Look, I'm telling you right now, straight up, good on him. Good on him for getting out of there. Good on him for having a, uh, a second shot. It's only a futures contract. It's not a five-year, $10 million, $15 million a year deal. It's basically he's stuffed up there, and we're going to give the bloke a chance. That's it. That's that's He's going to be – he could be third. He could be fourth. But at least to give him a chance, he might not even be there in two years or next year. Um, look, I think we're a better organization than, than the football team. We have a name. They don't. That says something. Um <laughs> The 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 organize oh, the the big boss over there has been doing silly buggers for certain years and, and stuff like that. But why not? He's he's only he was a fifteenth um fifteenth overall pick was it two years ago in the yeah. draft? Like so he's still a number one round, like round pick. And we got him on a futures contract. Um, you look up some highlights with the Ohio State. He's got a cannon of an arm. Like that arm can go sixty yards plus. Like it's yeah. huge. So. Um, yeah, I don't think we like we get we, we brought him in to say he's going to be the future Hall of Fame quarterback like Big Ben is, or it's you know complete different styles. But why not? This is what this is what we you know as as because we're all analysts, and, you know we're all uh, have our opinions on BTSC, um, so we have to talk about it. But just give the guy a shot. Like it's still like and have a full off season and he'll be sweet. I reckon. What do you reckon? So see, Mark, you're in the pro camp. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the pro camp because, as Dave very astutely pointed out, and by Dave I mean Dave Schofield, 
the idea that we can put, you know, different tenders on him after a year as well. I think that's really, really key for me. And what can you get for him? Equally, I like that he signed a futures contract. We, we're not obligated to do anything. Um, look, I'd like him to turn out well. I just, these off-field issues, I mean, I back Ron Riviera, regardless of his win records and stuff. He's a no-nonsense coach. Um, Tomlin's obviously got some experience dealing with characters when we look at, you know, Le'Veon Bell, when we look at like Antonio Brown and what have you. So if anyone's going to turn it around, I would hope it's Tomlin. But I'm a little bit conscious that there's a lot of issues the Steelers, that, or there's too many questions the Steelers have got to answer, you know, over the next off season and the next season that we need to focus on. So as long as it's not a distraction from that or for it, let's see what we can do. Um, you know, and it obviously what it does show when you look at Haskins mobility and you look at his cannon for an arm, Job Do- Josh Dobbs is definitely not being re- re-signed, which is a, which is a good thing. Um, you know, he's been cut from, he got cut from, or traded to Jacksonville, cut from them back to yeah. us. You know, I think he's definitely potentially got a career in coaching, but he's not going to be an answer for the Steelers at backup. So, yeah, Haskins is an is an option, um, but in the back of my mind, I'm sort of sitting there going, I don't I don't even necessarily think he makes the roster. To be honest, I I don't trust his um, what's going off off the field. Who Haskins? But, won't, Haskins won't make the roster. No, I, I think I think something there's something that will happen. Something will happen. Yeah, that's, that's, and, that's fair enough too. Well, and the the other thing too is, whilst COVID might be in a diff- hopefully it's a different situation in the US than what it is right now. Come you know the start of the season. The Steelers are one of the teams that did the best in the league from managing from a COVID perspective. A lot of his off-field issues this season had to do with just not adhering to the COVID protocol. So if you're not going to get the basics right with that, you know, off the field, let alone learning a playbook, let alone fitting in, let alone being a good locker room influence and what have you, I, I just don't I just don't necessarily see it happen. Um, but also there were some coaching updates. So last week we came to you live and very much the news <laughs> the news was Matt Canada's defensive coordinator. And we cautioned everyone and said, hang on, guys, like pull back a little bit in terms of they've got to go through the minority candidates. They've got to go through other protocols as well. Well, we're sitting here a week later and Matt Canada's yet to, <laughs> yet to be named defensive coordinator. So, yeah, what are you thinking there, Mark? It's been a week. We don't have an offensive coordinator yet. Look, you, is it an issue for you yet, or what are you thinking? No, this is – look, this is the one thing I think about the offensive coordinators, and, you know, I, I couldn't give a Razu who really who really calls the plays. As long as they're moving the ball forward and they're getting the first downs and the team is playing as a unit, uh, that's where I stand. Like, I did have a big problem with, with Finkler because you could, you could blatantly see there was something wrong. Uh, if I'm sitting in my lounge room, you know, upside down – watching the football game and there's there's like I can call plays that anyone can call that's a big problem I think and I don't, I don't think he was suited for the job now for the new guy coming in well let's just let's just see what it is mate I hope it is Canada so he's been part of the system and he can, you know what better way to, to get a promotion than to give it to, to Canada and we've done that with the Steelers so um like the, the one one big answer for for a lot of these questions and for the title of our show is like basically there's just still a lot of time so we yeah. will have a lot of questions, but uh, with Haskins or the offensive coordinator, there's so much time in between. Fun to talk about, but we know what the Steelers are going to do. Um, they're going to get things together, and by draft time, we should have hopefully hopefully things set in place, um, and then we can you know start to look into it to a new year. Really, well, 
the other coaching thing for me this week, without Canada yet being in there, I loved the idea of them bringing in Pep Hamilton as well. You know, bringing Pep Hamilton from the Chargers, and you know, for anyone, for all the the BTSC regulars, and you know, those that are often on the audio side, um, you know, and for anyone, obviously, that listened to the preview yesterday as well. Um, the Steelers, you know, Jeff was very much talking about the Steelers drafting, moving up and drafting a quarterback in round one. In my opinion, if we're going to do that, and obviously we're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, and I don't necessarily know how we'd necessarily fit with the Steelers, but if you can get a Trey Lance, Trey Lance, that's that's fantastic. You know, awesome if you can trade up and get him. Um, we can talk a bit a little bit about that later, but the idea of bringing in the quarterback coach that helped adjust Justin Herbert into into the NFL that would be massive. That would be absolutely massive, and it shows long term. I don't necessarily think either it shows anything against Canada, um, but at least they're doing their due diligence. I mean, that that's the thing about the Steelers. You know, we've all been very quick to criticize the way they're promoted internally. I know that's been a discussion across different BTSC shows as well, but I think it's really good for us as fans. As we said, like, you know, a little bit last week, you've got to have confidence in the fact that the Steelers organization is going, we know it's not good enough. We know we need to do better. And going through due diligence now, while this, before the season's even over, you know, it's over for us, but it's not over for the other teams yet. This is the right This is the right thing to do. This is the absolute right thing to do. So um, that was really positive for me in sort of them seeing that. I think the O-line coach is interesting in terms of, also not the biggest on, you know, O-line play and what have you, I think, in terms of, under, you know, knowing the nitty-gritties of it. I think... Determining whether they're going to get the O-line coach before they get the defensive coordinator coach. I think it's really interesting to see how they go about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's rumors. I mean, Doug Marone, I mean, I, don't, I think it'd be too much money. But if you brought someone like that, another experienced head into the room, I mean, that'd be, that would be incredible for the Steelers. What, was there a, a stat out there or an idea out there that – I don't know where I heard this, that we had the least amount of coaches on the yeah. in the NFL this year and we had about seven, 17. Yeah, so it was right? yeah, and it's interesting in this in the in the US as um well because and I almost wrote an article about this just before the season um on BTSC um behind the steel curtain.com. So that's actually one thing we should bring up. For some people yeah. that are jumping into into the YouTube or listening to this on audio podcast, we well obviously this is the a BTSC podcast, but that's from behind the steel curtain, which is part of SB Nation. So that's behind the steel behind BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, um, which is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You will get news there faster than anywhere else. I promise you. If if I've got a notification on my phone from ESPN, NFL.com, any of the other big sports news sites, CBS, whatever it is, I can go on and look at BTSC and the article would have been written half an hour ago, well before then I got the notification. So that's your one-stop shop. Um, but I going back to what we're talking about, I almost wrote an article about this because it's interesting in in Australia in the NRL, there's actually a cap now on what you can spend on training and coaches and development, which is a really interesting thing because in that field where you've got a cap but you don't have a draft, developing players or getting players in and then developing them is a really big part of it. I think that would be really interesting to see because you can have 17 coaches and you could have 12 coaches. But if your 12 coaches are all on a lot more money or ex-head coaches, whatever, obviously there's more that they might be able to bring to the table. I mean, yes, they've still got to coach a large amount of players. But I think when we look at things like training facilities and what have you, it'd be very interesting to understand what the average NFL team is actually investing into development. Because, I mean, if you can bring a player in on the cheap, and you see the way the Patriots have done this, 
you can bring a player in on the cheap and develop them, then you, <laughs> that doesn't affect your cap as much. Then you've got room to go out and get the elite players or, or to pay players and keep them on and, and invest in them long term. So it's a really interesting discussion um, in terms of how this moves forward. But, I mean, we've seen that with the Steelers anyway, that they've, they've always been thin in certain different positions in terms of coaches. You almost kind of think, like, what do these coaches do? Because I still remember, like, I've been trying to teach my dad the game for the past, like, 20 years, and he just doesn't really understand it. And he's always made a comment, like, why are there so many coaches on the sideline? Because in the NRL, we have, I think, about three or four. We have a head coach, maybe assistant, and we have, like, a strength guy. Uh, maybe we have a few runners who would, you know, um, run out the, the water bottles and give out cheap hints, stuff like that. But in the NFL, you have 20-plus coaches, like you have uh, receivers, O-line, like every position has a coach. Um, and then it's always been a funny thing, like, yeah, like from, from our standpoint in Australia, what do these guys do? Like there's so many people on the sidelines and you've got then you have another 55 to 60 people. Like it's, it's just a massive, massive organisation that, that these things, and that, that's what I'm saying, like, you know, we've got to try and correct these things and get the culture right because it all starts from the top uh, down to, you know, down to Juju. So... Yeah, it's very it's very interesting when we can actually we are comparing NRL and and the NFL because you know obviously there's a lot of money involved too, um, but I like how you know from the NFL standpoint where you, you they, they scout them from high school and they go on the college and then the 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 college um, offensive coordinator goes to this place and you got the uh, Alabama coach goes here and it's just like they're all kind of like um, intertwined with each other and they all understand that there's a massive massive organization. Well, Double HH wants to send Kevin Colbert to Albania, Ukraine, and Kazakhstan. I think he wants to get some wrestlers. If I'm seeing the live chat, so that's um that's one sort of that's a large scouting mission there. Um, oh, <laughs> what funny. a classic! Um, big shout out to Ezra as well, who's sending the live chat. He's at a gig, but just wanted to say hey to all the Steeler Nation. Say hey to some of the regulars. and uh, give oh. a like to the show. So that's good. So just give a little bit of a call out there. Bit of a call out there. Now, Mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw an audible um, before we wrap up part one of the show. <clears throat> I thought we'd get into our sling and the slang, just which for those of oh, you yeah. that are new to the show, whether it's live now, whether you're viewing it live now on YouTube, or whether you're listening to the podcast, sling and the slang is is just like Ben likes to sling the rock. We like to sling the slang. So this is where we teach you a little bit of Aussie slang, Mark. What's your Aussie slang for this week? Oh, I had a few, but I'm just going to go to the one that I wrote down, the, the number one on top of my head here. Um, and it's very hard for me to pronounce this name, so I'll try my best. And I think we pronounce it <laughs> differently in Australia anyway. Uh, aluminium. Have you heard of that? that aluminium? Device? Do you mean aluminium? Alu- yeah. <laughs> aluminium. Well, here's the debate, right? Aluminium or aluminium. Uh, either way you say it, but... In Australia, because it is so bloody hot and we can't be bothered arguing about how you say it, we just call it owl foil. So, you know, like Big Owl, like our offensive line, mm. we call it A-L and then F-O-I-L, owl foil. Um, that's how generic, Eric, we are down here. What's yours? Mine was um, it was solidified by Vance actually retiring. Mine was tall timber. And I think you've actually said this before in a podcast when you were just asking me a question. But I just sort of thought... So in a lot of different Aussie sports, when there's a really tall player, so it might be a power forward in basketball um, for the Boomers, or it's a second rower in rugby union, or it's a um, you know one of the forwards in rugby league. You know, it might be a ruckman in in Aussie rules football. If you watch Aussie rules football, 
they're all generally referred to, say, kind of 6-3 and up. You've you got to be a tall, tall timber. And it's big for me this week because we've had so many questions about the O-line and their tall timber. And they've got Vance retiring, and I think he's six foot five, so he's tall timber. Um, and it's one that I like to use a bit as well. So I thought I'd throw it out there, and then that way when I use it in future, everyone will know what I'm talking about. So, some of those blokes are just huge, aren't they? I actually went through the um, the NFL.com, like the, the stats and like their height and stuff and their weight. They're some big fellas. They're like six oh, yeah. They're huge. They're, they're like built to play tight end or offensive line. I would like, it'd be so cool to like, I'm, I'm about oh, six foot one or two or six foot one, but to be like beside Al who's six foot seven and like 300 million pounds, like it'd be, it'd be just so, <laughs> it'd be just so like fun to just to be, to, to, to be next to him. Al's like, a big bloke. He's a big you'd be, bloke. You'd be, you'd just be blown away, wouldn't you? You'd just be like, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, you do get some second rowers in rugby union that are a bit that height. But anyway, back to, back to Steelers. But look, that wraps up part one of this week's show, Steelers Touchdown Under. <clears throat> for all these live on YouTube, just hold on one second. We'll be right back with part two. For everyone on the audio side, jump over to part two where we'll talk everything AFC North champ, AFC, not AFC North, but AFC Championship Games, NFC Championship Games, Bold predictions, bit of Q&A, um, and answering a few more of these too many questions for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.